Hey, what is going on, guys? I am Paul Ryan, your host of the Across the Cowboys podcast. This podcast is part of the Across the Board Sports Podcast family. If you're new to the show, thank you for joining us. And to our regular listeners, welcome back. With me, as always, is my co-host, the greatest co-host in the world, Mike the Pig Crum. Mike, how are you? Greatest. I got greatest today. I, I thought for sure I was getting the loneliest co-host <laughs> in the world. Valentine's Day, alone during a Cowboys podcast. Yes, that is my life. Fun. I fun, thought about fun. saying the buffest, Mike, because of a pre-roll. You know, you're reflecting on me. Well, I, for me, like I'm not very buff, but I, I'm my arms have always been scrawny. So when I, I did that, I was like, oh, dang, there's still a lot of fat around him, but I can see muscle in there. So the, the bow flex is working. I don't want to do it, though, because like you said, I'm pale. It's been cold. <laughs> I've been in hoodies, but I start tomorrow practicing basketball. I'm very okay. terrible at it now, but I will be out there playing and being the worst player on the court uh, for the next few months until football season's back and it gets cold again. And so I'll get a tan and then I still won't flex because like it's <laughs> it's not a... I don't have muscle. It's just comparatively to how scrawny I was before since I got the Bowflex, at least now there is some like there is a muscle in there. It's not just like pathetic. So you gotta work on that Kareem skyhook, right? Uh I'm a Kevin Willis jump hook guy, not the okay. sky. I could shoot the sky hook, but I it's hit and miss. I could be on some days and be like off the side of the backboard others. So I like the Kevin Willis jump hook. That's my that's my go-to. You know, I'm a real familiar with Kevin Willis. Is he another Laker great? No, Atlanta Hawks. Um, okay. He back when I studied him, I, I I I did I would do an hour a day of, of going in slow motion, doing his footwork for his jump hook, and I would never shoot. I would just move my feet like he moved his feet, and then you just when you have a wide body like I did back then, you just Go over and boop. Oh, there's the arms. Scrawny white arms. Um, you do the jump hook and it uh and I just got really good at it. It was it's hard to block. And then um, you know, I developed all my post moves off that jump hook. So Kevin Willis, not a Hall of Famer or anything like that, but he had the greatest jump hook of all time. And uh and now so many people use it, it's it's funny. That you know, nobody realizes it kind of really he 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 was probably the best at it as not a mm-hmm. star player, but if he got it in there, it was just crazy good how he did it. You know, my my signature move uh playing basketball when we'd have the two, the uh you know, the the two versus two was the uh Hakeem a dream shake, the fadeaway. Oh, you could do the fade, all right. Yeah, hey, that's tough. A fade away. a hard shot, dude. Yeah. I'd say if I had a signature, it'd be I'd go in the post and the cutter would come and I'd make like I was going to do my hook and I'd drop it behind my back, right, as the cutter's coming. And my guy, of course, is going for the hook shot. So you you lean just enough to where I can drop it right behind you to the cutter going through, lay up. That would be probably what I was known most for is that pass out of the the post. You know, you're talking about how you just studied his footwork. It's crazy how – how much the muscle memory can can be effective yeah you just even at this point like i have my legs just don't work like i'm truly i went i was really good back in the day like one of the first ones picked like dominant we would just play and kill people because not a lot of people could play in the post with me 
I was big enough to overwhelm small guys, but I had good enough footwork that if a guy was as big as me, I could be, I could go around him enough, you know, but I have no legs and I have no like jump on him anymore. I'm, I, I'm just really bad out there, but that hook, if I get the right person on me, jump hooks going up and it's going in and that's all muscle memory. It's a good feeling knowing that like when you're pay, playing against somebody who's would be considered like inferior when you just kind of dominate them all game. Yeah, it's 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 weird to play because you know there's a new set of people. They come to my house because I have the glass backboard court, but it's a new set of people, so they kind of only know me as like the shitty version. And so you know how it is when you're like the worst guy out there, nobody wants to give you the ball. And yeah. so I'm sitting there going, No, you don't understand. Just get against this guy, look who they put on me. Just give me the ball every time. And it's like I will either get you an open shot because I'll make up double team. Or I'll or I'll kill this guy, but it you know it it it's hard to. These guys are young; they shoot threes. I'm not a three point shooter. Like it's a new game now. They're more isolation. Like I come over to set screens. No, I like what are you doing over here? You know, like hey, you're you're taking up my. Sp-. They have no clue. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's just a different game, and I'm not built for it. Like I'm 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 not built for the game that the kids play when they yeah. come over. So. I just go out there and try to break a sweat and get some exercise and, and try not to cost my team the game. That's basically it, where they're not like, God, we're stuck with this guy. You, you don't want to be that guy. That's like the worst feeling. You know, one thing I learned playing with these younger kids, it's that the fundamentals aren't important to them, and you can beat, beat them with that. Oh, I When we win, it's because I figure out, like, okay, I can guard – you know, a strategy. Like, I could, I could take away this person even though I can't move my feet really well. Or, or he can't shoot, so we'll leave him, and I'll lean off and, and like, trap other ways. And mm-hmm. then just getting the right matchup off a screen. If I can go to a person and go, I'm going to set you this screen and make them switch. And then the minute they switch, you attack the guy who's on you. He can't, he's not going to be able to stay with you. If I can get that type of, of like, matchup, very hard to win. When, it, when, when we lose, it's typically because I can't guard the – those fast, <laughs> fast guards i'm like please just miss the three because i'm not trying to get embarrassed out here yeah i hear you mike well another thing we we're talking pre-roll was the latest cowboys uh a hype video if you want to call it that i know you you uh you had some kind words for it there on twitter let the people know where they can find you there just like on the screen if you're if you're watching with us at cd piglet nice and easy letter c letter d piglet Guys, I'm Paul Ryan. You can find me on Twitter at Paul underscore Ryan 15. Well, you know, Mike, typically this is the this, the part where we uh, discuss Meatless Monday. However, we know uh, the Super Bowl is a party, and with any good party comes good food, Mike. So instead of Meatless Monday, we thought it'd be cool for you and I to discuss what we ate during the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, Mike, so talk to me. What, what was on your Super Bowl spread? The best thing about it is I didn't have to cook anything. Oh, Seriously. I didn't make one damn thing. It was no, awesome. No bacon wrapped dates this week or this, no, this weekend. None. I I knew for about a week that I wasn't gonna have to cook. Uh, my brother and uh, his girl Mon were were making the food. My mom ordered some Mister Pickles, so we had that. And Mister Pickles is a deli sandwich shop that's really good. I don't know if it's anywhere else, but it's here in in Fresno, and it's amazing. So she got a catering tray. And I went, I was over, um, you know, uh, she's a little bit older. I help her with the groceries and stuff like that. Also, she helps me. 
Like, yeah. I'm broke, so she'll she'll pay for some groceries, which is awesome. I'll take in <laughs> all your groceries. Any of y'all in Fresno, you need somebody to take in your groceries, and you're going to pay for some of mine? Exchange met. I'm in. Right. So I was over there, and my brother and uh, and his girl are waiting for the their their building in this condo area. It's not open yet. They're building the facility, and so they're staying out there by my mom's, waiting uh, waiting for that. So I found out about the Mr. Pickles, you know, catering, and I was and I told them, I'm like, that's cool. I love Mr. Pickles, but it's like it's it's like a waste of. Like they have you two here, two badass executive chefs. You're not gonna make anything for the Super Bowl. Like, yeah, that's kind of weak. And they were like, No, no, we'll make stuff. So my brother did ribs, uh, chicken sandwiches that they cooked the chicken thighs on kebabs, and then put them on a bun with the Asian slaw. That was amazing. Uh, they did bacon and potato wedges, chips and guac, jalapeno peppers wrapped in bacon. So I mean, we just man. I ate too much, right? Yeah, I I really need to get on my stuff. Like, I'm glad basketball's coming because I I legitimately need to put off 15 pounds. Mm-hmm. Legit, like I need to do it. Hey, that happens to all of us every holiday season, sir. Yes, I know. It's just it's going too long now. But typically, by the time I get to the first week of January, I'm starting in on my stuff. I'm going through my cleanse and I'm starting to get going but just with work and with the you know trying to keep up on cowboy stuff and everything like that it's just i just i i'll get on it but man i'm just i'm i've been slacking i'm not gonna lie yeah michael you know we didn't get too too wild here at the uh at the ryan household we i just ended up making um some chips and dip and, and one dip was it's called a boat dip and what it is it's just like sour cream with rotel taco seasoning and and shredded cheddar cheese it it reminds me of like the early 90s something that you would eat early in the early 90s just had that with tortilla chips it has a lot of flavor but it's like uh i don't know i feel like it's missing something maybe some green onion or something would would kind of really uh complement it and then i had uh some some homemade onion dip but really it was just uh like a little package of like dehydrated onion mix and again some sour cream served that with some ruffles and then uh, probably the best dip of the day was was millionaire dip, which it's like it kind of reminded me of what she would put inside a uh, a loaded baked potato. You know, it, it had cream cheese, sour cream, green onion, uh, fresh cut bacon, and and cheddar cheese. Served that with some rich crackers. Oh, and we also had some fruit, fruit and celery and carrot sticks. So pretty light fare, but a good variety. Bro, you had dip. Yeah, we didn't get too crazy because it was just me, my wife, my son, and then uh, my nephew, and then her parents. So, you know, we, we were like, what do we want to make? Because we thought about, um, I thought my brother-in-law and my sister-in-law were going to come over. So we were thinking, have the appetizers, and then maybe order some Chinese food or something. Or, you know, maybe throw something on the grill. But they didn't end up coming over, and it was just only five of us. And we're like, well, you know, we're not going to get too crazy. And after everybody ate that, nobody was really hungry. So we just kind of kept it light. Let's just never discuss this again. I'm I'm so disappointed <laughs> in you, Paul. I have, I will say two years ago it was me and my brother because my my dad went to Matt's to eat. Obviously, he's a chef and everything. Me and my brother only at the Super Bowl. We made bacon wrap dates. We had guacamole and chips. Yeah. We had chili. We made hot dogs, hamburgers. 
tater tots to put all to put the chili on. And, uh, oh man, I'm forgetting up like a, a pizza dip or something like that. With mm -hmm. That was for two people. This is the Super Bowl. I don't want to hear how many people are there. Unload and just cook crazy, amazing things and then worry about the consequences later. Well, you know, Mike, if you're feeling like you got to lose 15 pounds, I need to at least lose 30. So let's keep that in mind, my friend. I know. It's just it's the Super Bowl. We had the topic, and I'm like, all right, let's see what Paul's doing. I got ribs, and I got chicken sandwiches. I got potato wedges, and I got Mr. Pickles catering and jalapeno. My man said dips. Dude, trust me. Dips. If it, let's just say it, it feels like me and you or me, you and your brother, it would have been a completely different story. But, you know, the people I was with, they don't eat like that. So it's like a, it's a waste to make it for myself. And as much as I like leftovers, I don't know how long those leftovers would last. Well, at least next time, bake a baked potato, split it open, and stuff that one dip in the baked potato. That's not a bad idea, dude. It was so good on the rich crackers. And, like, even with celery, it's like, man, this is this is a keeper. Celery is that thing you cut up to make stock with, right? The green one. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm not You don't like... You don't like anything, not even like buffalo chicken dip with celery? No, I'm not eating. You know what you have with buffalo chicken dip? Like friggin' chicken or something. Oh That's celery. On, on top of a hot a chili chili cheese hot dog? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. But Indulgence. What are you? Are you type three diabetes, right? Is that what it is? Type three diabetic? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm basically died of diabetes like 10 years ago, and, I, and this is just my ghost floating around. That's why I don't ever sleep. Did you have any uh, any sweet treats for the Super Bowl? They had, they just got store-bought cupcakes, which I, I had one, but I'm not – that's not my my thing. Shout-out to uh, the smarter brother, Mitch Crumb. He said, here, I'm fat and ready, LOL. <laughs> hey, <laughs> Mitch is on watching. Mitch, you got to trade me either Justin Herbert or Tua Tagovailoa this this off season. I demand it, sir. No, you ain't getting Herbert. I can tell you that Herbert and Dak ain't going nowhere. Now somebody might get a Tua, but it's just his value. It's there's no reason to trade right now. We want to get his value up. He's a good enough backup if you need him, but we need to get his value a little bit higher. You know, see where he goes. Where does he end up? Does he stay on Miami? What's the coaching staff? Does he end up in a trade for Watson? Is he is he on Houston? Does mm -hmm. he have Brandon Cooks? Does you know? There's just too many questions right now to trade him, and and it's it's hard to trade because we have a pretty loaded team. If the right stuff happens, a wide receiver like if Russell Wilson can throw. Mm -hmm. Then you got DK Metcalf. If if Dak start if Cooper, you know, stays here or goes to a team where he's a number one, you know, and or if he stays here and Dak, you know, they start making it a priority to go to him, then right. Cooper's a pretty good one. Like our running back team is pretty loaded. Our quarterback group, you heard Dak and Herbert. Like, <laughs> what is he saying? I can't see the comment. No chance. Yeah. <laughs> well, and he definitely, like, you put a draft pick, he values draft picks. So he's definitely not giving up picks in a trade at, yeah. at, at all. We, I mean, we got Elijah Mitchell. Look where we got him and look how he turned out. Like, we pride ourselves in, in using our – we're Dallas Cowboys level, use our draft picks. So 
We're going to keep those. And I, I, I do believe we're going to do a trade. I mm-hmm. just don't know what yet. The, the, let's let just not with me. I get it. That's fine. Yeah, you know, yeah, we need we need a team with with better players. <laughs> Heaven forbid the team with the playoffs is getting criticized by a team that didn't. True, fair, fair point. I can't believe we didn't make it to the playoffs with the with the friggin' the team we had. But Russell right. Wilson and Dak kind of man, Amari Cooper had a man, and then we had so many injuries to the running backs like consistently that it was like it was annoying. I will say this before we move on. If Tua does stay in Miami, man, I'm really excited for him and Mike McDaniel and Jalen Waddle. Yeah. Man, Jalen Waddle's good. Jalen Waddle and Jamar Chase. That whole this whole draft, just pick by pick. I don't know if people are trading any like Pitts was a monster. Chase was a monster. Waddle was a monster. Patrick Sertan. Horn got injured. Okay, Horn got injured. Slater was great. Micah Parsons. Do we even need to discuss Micah Parsons? Holy My crap. Yeah. That guy was just ridiculous. Even Devontae Smith, like, you know, it wasn't like an all-time, like, oh, my God, he's Jamar Chase or Waddle. But yeah. I don't think Eagles fans are like, oh, we blew it. Like, he was a good pick. Like, it was just that that first, like, 15 picks is just nasty in the draft this year. What a What a crazy good rookie draft class. If Devonta can get a certified number two or even just he may be a better offensive coordinator at some point, I mean, you know, he could really blow up this year. Imagine if he didn't have a running back throwing to him. Like, <laughs> the, 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 if he had an actual, like, quarterback that could throw, Devontae Smith might be a pretty good wide receiver. Just, you know, what are you going to do when it's like halfback option pass every play and you got to pray to God. The hate, the hater returns. <laughs> you know, Mike. Let's get. You know, sorry to cut you off, Mike. You know, let's get to it. What were your thoughts on the Super Bowl? Uh, it was cool. It was all right. Nothing special. Uh, competitive, so that's yeah. good. And a lot of great players. You know, Aaron Donald made plays. Cooper Cup made plays. Uh, Jamar Chase made plays. Um, Odell Beckham Jr. Odell Beckham Jr. Before he goes down with injury, makes plays. So. Um, in that sense, it was good, but it wasn't like it's nothing. And a couple of years, we'll be like, who won that Super Bowl? And oh, oh, that was the Rams year. That's right. You know, it just didn't have that that big, uh, uh, memorable, you know, stuff. So good for uh, Aaron Donald. I'm happy for him. And what a year for Cup. Maybe the most complete, best year for a wide receiver ever. Win the triple crown, Super Bowl MVP, win the Super Bowl, like. So impressive. So that was good. But the overall, the game was like, eh, it was all right. You know, I thought that the first half was really ex- was pretty exciting, very even balanced. That It looked like it was going to be a high-scoring affair heading into halftime. But, you know, the third quarter kind of was pretty ugly, pretty defensive battle. They started to try to, you know, have figured each other's offenses out. And then, of course, the, the Beckham injury didn't help the Rams at all. But overall, I thought it was a, a competitive, a, a good – a good Super Bowl, like you said, probably not not the most memorable Super Bowl, but again, a good balance of scoring and defense. Yeah, it was solid. It was like a a, a six point five seven. Like if you're telling somebody and they're like, "How's that movie?" You go, "Oh yeah, watch it. It's a good movie." And they're like, "Oh yeah, I should watch it." I'm like, "Well, you know, don't don't. It's not like the greatest movie of all time or anything, but it's a good movie. It's it's worth a watch. 
You know, it was yeah. like that. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't all time elite amazing, but it was uh, it was good. Like, you know, Buffalo, Kansas City. Now, there's a game we'll think about in 30 years. Oh, we'll God, be talking yeah. about what was it? 13 seconds or whatever, you know, but this one is like you're, you'll kind of forget the details of it in two, three years. You'll be like, who won the Super Bowl? And, you know, and. It'll be like, oh yeah, that's right. I forgot. It was that that one game, Rams and Bengals. I literally forgot right there. I swear to God, I couldn't remember the two teams. I said, oh yeah, it was that one. Oh, what? Yeah, Rams and Bengals. Yeah, back to back Super Bowls are kind of lackluster. You know, I mean, maybe I don't know. I hate to call this one lackluster, but compared to, it was much better than the Super Bowl last year, but. When you think about the Super Bowls as a whole, you know, not, not that many exciting plays or anything. I think this one would have been remembered if Bengals won because Joe Burrow in his first year not injured and then Bengals haven't won in so long that I think uh, I think this one, would it would have been remembered more if Bengals won. But with the Rams winning, you're kind of like, okay, they went out, sold all their draft picks. They got a bunch of great players. We kind of expected them to win. They won. It was competitive, but it was nothing special. Hey, hold your cup up again. What's on your cup? Oh, this is a, a wedding gift from uh, my wife's aunt. I got a. I, I swear that I, I thought it said across the Cowboys. I said, did that fool get a cup and try to sneak merch that coming merch soon. Hey, merch coming soon. Maybe some stickers, some shirts for sure. Let's do it. I'm in. Um, you know, one thing that people seem to really enjoy about the Super Bowl, Mike, was the halftime show. Going off the show sheet here, what were your thoughts there? Uh oh, I love the halftime show. It was it wasn't my favorite. It's still Michael Jackson. That that one. 93. Man, just Michael Jackson's Super Bowl is elite tier one all time. And then I love Prince and Bruno Mars. They're my next tier. They're also unbelievable, and I think I think this one's right after that. I, I I have no problem putting this one fourth. Snoop was great. Dre was awesome. The set just was amazing. Yeah, I know Fifty got killed for being bigger. All right, he's old. He made a lot of money, dude. He's still in better shape than all of us. That's what makes me laugh. Like my fat ass was making was like, oh, a fifty cent dollar bill. And I started thinking about it. Like, yeah, fat ass. What do you? This guy's got all kinds of muscle under. So he's a little bit more padded, but he's also yeah. a scrawny ass. So it made me laugh that, you know, so many people on my man, you better be like a Bowflex trainer, make it front of 50 cent because he, you know, he put on 30 pounds or whatever over his, his really, he's still buff under there. So, you know, uh, I, I, I like the halftime show. So I'm, i you're never going to get me to complain. You get have Dre, Dr. Dre every year. He's literally, if I put on, uh, shuffle on my thing for 10 songs. He'll probably someone in that grouping or someone that he, you know, gave their, their push to they'll, they'll be in that 10 songs at least twice. So I, I was pumped for that halftime show. What, uh, do you remember what Super Bowl it was with Bruno Mars and Prince? I think Bruno Mars was with Beyonce, not Prince. It was oh, okay. The way you said them, like they were together, that would have been amazing, but I thought it was, yeah, I thought Prince was his own show for some reason. Yeah, print it was it goes for me it goes Michael Jackson and then you could put Prince or Bruno Mars. Both shows were incredible. I, I'm not going to argue against either. 
even some that'll put Prince over Michael Jackson, that's fine. Prince had a great show. I just, I like Michael Jackson better. So it resonates yeah. for me. Like it, it's a level above because like I'm, he's probably my number one in like of all time. So for me, I have those three and then, and then Dre, but they weren't together. Bruno Mars came in on Beyonce's, I believe halftime show. And that gotcha. would probably be my fifth. I would probably have that on there. That was a great show too. Bruno Mars, quite the entertainer, sir. That closest thing to Michael Jackson that it's been. Right. Also, I like Weekend a lot because he reminds me of, of Michael Jackson. Yes, sir. You know, Mike, I like most types of music, and more often than not, I actually find most halftime shows entertaining. Uh, that being said, this was easily my favorite halftime show in at least the last five years or so. Oh. I did, uh, you know, say what you will, but one uh, halftime show I found really entertaining was the Justin Timberlake halftime show from – I don't know how many years that was. I think that was the 20, 2018 or 2019 Super Bowl. Um, you know, he was just he's just a good dancer, good singer. He's got a lot of popular songs, and I found him to be entertaining. You love Janet Jackson's boob. No, <laughs> not that one. <laughs> I'll never forget seeing that, dude. That was crazy. Yeah, that was, Justin Timberlake's one of my favorite entertainers. Uh, I like his movies. Uh, I love when he's on SNL with with hosting and with, with um uh Andy, Andy Samberg, Samberg. Just yeah. the Lonely Island group with him is magic and uh and then his music is is his music I don't listen to all of it but I'm a big Timberland fan and so Timberland's his producer and there's a lot of them that are just really really great yeah his first solo album with Timberland man a lot of those beats and everything was like seeing that side of him was like wow I was impressed that's another one that you'll you won't get many songs into my shuffle before you hit a Timberland beat. It'll be in there. I have a lot of his stuff. Yes, sir. Well, Mike, moving along here, another popular thing about the Super Bowl, of course, is the commercials. What was your favorite one? All right. Uh, this is kind of a cop out because y'all know me. I mean, can you guess which one it is? You could probably guess. Which one do you think mine is? Think Marvel about Moon Knight. No, but that was a good one, but no, but it is Disney. It's the Disney Plus Goats because I just love seeing all the di different Disney characters, the way they dress the goats like them, and me looking through going, oh, that's this one. That's that's mm -hmm. this one. So I, that's the only one that I watched after the Super Bowl online to see if I could pick out, you know, which ones they did, you know? So – uh, that one's mine, but there was actually the 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 one with Scarlett Johansson and her husband from SNL, Colin Jost. That's yeah. a funny commercial. That was really good. Um, I like the Joneses one, where Jonas comes at the end, and everybody's like, "Nah, bro, you're not, <laughs> you're not a Jones." So, so, so they, they, I, I honestly, competitive, pretty good game to watch, a damn good halftime show, and pretty good set of commercials. All in all, those all around is one of the better complete Super Bowls as far as like watchability all the way through. Yeah, you know, Mike, you're not the only one who's going to give a cop out answer here because it was it's a tie for me. I, I like the Uber Eats commercial where like people are eating the sponges and the toilet paper and everything, and uh, the Pringles commercial where that guy gets his hand stuck in the can and he just dies with it. He's buried with it in, in his casket and stuff. And the next guy comes in. <laughs> That figures you would like that. I don't know why when I saw that one, I was like, uh, I was talking to Mitchell about it and we were like, you know, it's a commercial it's supposed to be funny. And for some reason with that commercial, we were way over the top. We were like, 
okay, can't ever get the can off. You're doing this and that. And like, that's the part of the joke, dude. What do you, you know, it took me a while before I was like, why was I so critical of that commercial? Like, obviously the idea is, hey, look how stupid it is. You just keep the thing on there. But yeah. while I'm watching it, I'm like, I was like, okay, you're going to have it on that whole time. It's like, don't, don't take it that seriously, dude. <laughs> Calm down. Taking a little too literal, huh? Yeah, it was like, wow, we have a friend that lives with us who, like, didn't like the Godzilla movie because it wasn't realistic. Oh, <laughs> I like, God. No, I mean, you know, <laughs> what are we doing here? You know, so. Wow. Now, I kind of had that moment when I was, for a little bit, I'm like, dog in the Pringles commercial. And I was like, actually, it gets you to think about it and talk about, oh, he's doing this and that. It was actually a pretty decent commercial. Yeah. Well, you know, Micah, there was quite a few good previews for, for movies and upcoming series. Uh, two that I was really excited about. Well, you know, of, of the two, are you more excited for Moon Knight or oh. nope? But I also want to ask, I, I sh- maybe I, you know, I don't know how big of a Lord of the Rings fan you are, but should I have included that in this question? Don't matter which one you included. Which one am I going to say? Moon Knight. Moon Knight. It's Disney Marvel, people. Moon Knight. Now, don't get me wrong. I like Jordan Peele. Um, I enjoyed Candyman. I thought it was pretty good. I enjoyed Get Out. I like that. Us made me mad because they gave away the ending in the trailer. So I was pissed about that because I. They did? Yeah. You know, and if you go back and watch the trailer, you'll see the little girl get aggressive in the mirror. And then when you watch the movie, the opening scene, it just shows it cut off. And I was like, I was like, well, it doesn't. Obviously, that's going to come up later on. It was in the trailer. And sure enough, it ends with her doing that. So I was a little pissed off about that. But other than. um other than that, I you know I uh, uh, I, I like the Jordan Peele movies, but not compared to Disney Marvel. Especially this one's supposed to have a brutality level in Moon Knight. That's oh really pretty pretty you know up there. I've been hearing from what I've been reading about it. So uh, the Lord of the Rings, I'm I like the books. I'm not as high. I like Fellowship of the Ring a lot. I, I uh, the other two. I feel like The Hobbit was bad. I didn't like The Hobbit movies at all. I thought they extended them out too much. They did way, way too much with them to make them three movies. And that was kind of annoying money grab. I like the other three, but not as like people put them in with like the original Star Wars. And with, and I don't I don't have them that high. I enjoy them, but not like that. I, I think the books are clearly, clearly better than the uh, than the movies are, especially um just the, the ending for return of the king just went on forever and i was like golly it's, some of it feels sometimes when you watch the lord of the rings it feels like you're reading the book and i'm like i would just read the book if i want something to last this long so for me yeah. i'm gonna watch them and i enjoy them but not like i do marvel disney star wars that i don't have them up in that that tier for me you mentioned brutality it kind of did look like moon knight was going to be a little bit darker not so much aimed at the younger younger people yeah it is going to be uh uh it is going to the, there's a level of brutality that's supposed to be in it that uh that's what the directors of it say and the writers or that it's 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 not going to be your typical you know marvel disney fair that there's going to be a little bit uh heaviness to it yeah i was going to say there's like uh it almost looked like some sort of spiritism or like almost demonic type stuff in it yeah yep uh sorry about that no you're good mike um you know sticking with the game here 
Do you think that the refs ruin the end of that game? Um, ruins hard. They definitely were bad. Like, here's my thing. Don't call a game one way for 58 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then in the last two minutes, call it differently for some weird yeah. ass reason. And people go, oh, it evened out. That's not my point. I'm not saying that one team got more calls or other calls because people would come on because I put that on Twitter and people would come on and go, well, what about the face mask on Jalen Ramsey earlier? I'm like, exactly. Like they literally were calling nothing. The play before that play, the running back just got destroyed, like grabbed and dragged down and the ball went to the running back and nothing was called. And then on third and eight with the game on the line, like Logan Wilson, he, look, you you can call a penalty any play, any play of the game. You cannot tell me that that penalty is called even 20% of the time in regular yeah. games where, where calls are being made. <clears throat> the running back call would have been called the play before, but not that one. That one was bogus. So, yeah, I mean, it, it made you talk about the reps. Like Dan talks about it being rigged. I don't go far as to say games are rigged. I do say that they'll they'll lean a game one way to make it to – if they think a game might be a blowout and it's like a game of the week type thing, they may – like the rest may influence a little bit to keep it close, maybe call a few more calls or don't call things for a team that's a favorite, you know, to keep yeah. the game competitive. But – that's how it ended. It ended with all of us kind of going, ah, really? Like after all this, you called that on Logan Wilson? Because the Rams on fourth and eight might have scored a touchdown and won the game anyway. But the fact that it's like, ah, that's that's weak. So ruin no, but but it wasn't a great ending for them. And it's typical for this year. We're gonna end it talking about the refs. Excuse me. You know, Mike, I'm right there with you. I don't think they ruined the game either. However, I, I don't like how they impacted the, the most important part of the game. I agree. Like, don't – if it had been called that way all game, then I'd be like, well, what would you expect? That's what they were doing all game. You can't touch them before. You can't do you – know, you can't get there early. You can't – but the whole game, I mean, people were sending up screenshots where Jalen Ramsey at the goal line was holding T. Higgins on that play on the opposite side to, to show that I'm not making it about one team got robbed of the other. You know, Jalen Ramsey just gets clearly face masked. It's not called. Like, you know, like just the whole game, they never called penalties. Like, and then that. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. and then you called that. Like, at least if they'd have called it on the running back one or the one that they called on Cooper Cup later on, a couple plays later, clearly, obviously, you have to call it. But that Logan Wilson call was trash. Yeah, absolutely. You know, speaking of uh, of Cooper Cup, Mike, he took quite the big hit, but then – he, he more than made up for it with, with his stat line. Was was Cup the right choice for Super Bowl MVP? Right right after they scored the touchdown, before I saw if Cincinnati was going to come down and score, I said, well, if the Rams win, Cup's the MVP, but it's a QB award. So we don't know. So I was very shocked to see in the comments afterwards, like, hey, Cup won it. And I was like, all right, nice. Because it should have been Cup or Cup and Aaron Donald. But normally a team go who won? Okay, Matt Stafford's MVP, that quarterback. So it was nice to finally get one where people realize, like, no, no, the two most impactful players in that game was Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald. And Cooper Cup won it and should have won it, really. I mean, legitimately, you could split it with Donald for the last two plays of the game where he um he basically stopped the runner and then got the, you know, the sack or the the 
you know, the pressure. So, yeah. uh, you know, he, those two could have pushed him to a tie for it, but really it was Cooper Cup's award. Yeah, I found out today, uh, listening to 105.3 The Fan, Brian Broaddus said that um, that they decide who the MVP is with, like, two minutes left to play in the game. Yeah, so they probably did right after Cup got that, that drive. That drive was yeah. just basically only Cooper Cup. They mm-hmm. basically said, okay, this guy's the MVP. So that's probably why Aaron Donald didn't split it, you know, because his, right. his biggest last uh, impact was the last two plays of the game. So he he probably didn't get the split because of that, and probably still shouldn't have. I mean, Cup Cup killed for them without Beckham in there. He just and no running game. He just killed. Yeah, he, there he, he was that easily the right choice. If not, if Cincinnati wins, I mean, I think he could make a case for either T Higgins or for uh, Joe Burrow. But I, I don't think even with the game that Aaron Donald had, I felt like the entire defensive line was effective, not just him by himself. So Cup was was an easy choice. I would have picked Burrow if the other team won because he just – I mean, I think he got sacked another like eight times or whatever. He just – the way he he plays through the O-line is just crazy. Yeah, it really is. And speaking of the O-line, Mike, uh, should Cincinnati have drafted Panay Well over Jamar Chase? Should Dallas have drafted Slater over Micah Parsons? Of course not. Of course not. No, Jamar Chase is a, a killer. He's, he's a monster. The Cincinnati Bengals, you, I'll tell you the same thing I tell people that are like, oh, Slater, they still could have picked Slater. No, no, there's levels. Slater was excellent. He was not Micah Parsons. You couldn't give me Slater and Amante, and, and Asante Samuel, and I wouldn't give you Micah Parsons. That's mm. how good Micah Parsons is. And the yeah. same thing with Jamar Chase. Take Sewell and, and another pick, and I'm not giving you him for, for Jamar Chase. And I understand how important offensive line is compared to receiver, but this is the, like he was eating Ramsey for lunch. Let's be real. He was just killing that guy. And then he catches everything. And then especially for that team, his connection with Joe Burrow, they destroyed the whole NCAA, like every record they annihilated records. And then he came on and, and killed. So no, you, you, you easily, even if it's Slater, you know, cause Slater was better than Sewell. Even if you said Slater or Jamar Chase, it's a laugh. It's no, it's obviously Jamar Chase. Like that guy's crazy good. Yeah, no, no question about it. I mean, as good as Sewell is, he's not going to have the impact on that on that team that, that Jamar Chase did. No, Jamar, Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow. What a great pick by what what balls by Cincinnati coming off an injury, knowing your quarterback's gonna get killed a lot all year again. And and did in the game, he might have injured his knee. And you made the right pick because they're on a they're now build your O-line, free, get a free agent, draft a high draft pick at O-line. But now with Higgins, Boyd, Mixon, Chase, if you fix that O-line, oh my lord, that that offense could be nasty. Yeah, you, you gotta appreciate the boldness by Cincinnati there. Yeah. I love it. I wouldn't even mind if they, you know, I don't know if they sign Boyd or Boyd's coming up to to a to be He's signed. Probably going to be cut. I think. See that's a cut, potential cut candidate. That's exactly what I was going to say. Why not try to package Boyd for a offensive lineman, a veteran offensive lineman, somewhere? Mm-hmm. You know, make a move like Kansas City did to rebuild their stuff. Yeah, I mean, uh, the the Saints are lacking in receivers and have a plethora of offensive line depth. So, yep, exactly. 
maybe help with that salary cap situation too. Man, they need help too. I know that that the uh, they did what I would like them and Rams did what I would like Dallas to do. I understand staying for the next ten years and keeping your cap good, but yeah. with the team we have, it's about time to <clears throat> just go. You know what? We're going to restructure Amari and keep him. We're going to restructure Tank and keep him. We're going to keep Curse. We're going to keep Gregory. We're going to bring back Hooker. We're going to bring back Gallup. And you know what? We might even sign a linebacker to upgrade Neil that way until Cox gets back. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Uh, uh, and then that's your – and just come in loaded. And then go into the draft and just go, whatever the hell we want. You know, we'll we'll worry about the – the stuff later. We'll get an edge if it's there. We'll get a left guard if it's there. We'll get a wide receiver if it's there. And then we'll maneuver what we need to later. But for the next three years, we're we're not backing up at all. There's going to be no backup. We're going forward for the next three years. And then if there's a couple years consequences that we have to do stuff to maneuver and we get into a Rams-Saint situation, so be it. Go for a Super Bowl. It worked for Rams. Let's do it. I would not hate bringing back Neil on a cheap deal just because, uh, you know, I, I like what I saw early before he got COVID. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't, and you need some linebacker depth, and he he gives you some versatility. He wasn't great, but he wasn't a he wasn't Jalen out there either. It wasn't a liability. He was a solid solid guy. If your D line plays better, he probably plays better. And another year of him playing linebacker, I like the idea of bringing Neil back more than LBE. Because I want to see what Neil does with another year. This is basically the first time he's really played that position full time. There is a difference between linebacker and what Curse was doing. There yeah. is a difference, and so he's got to learn it. Yeah, I'm playing, you know, another year playing next to Micah and then playing with Cox as well. That'd be nice. Yeah, I'd love it. And 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 Cox coming back is gonna gonna help. And then you know you don't know what's gonna you know Demonte Clark, uh, uh, Dean. Um, Lloyd, you know, uh, Muma, I believe is, oh, is Chad. Yeah. So there's plenty of linebackers in the, in the, in the top, like 75 picks or whatever that can make a, a difference for you. Absolutely. Well, going back to the, uh, to the, uh, Super Bowl, you know, or going back to Burrow rather, you know, he, he lost the Super Bowl, but he did win the uh, comeback player of the year award. Mike, did you think that he deserved it? Uh, he did. This is the thing. Yes, he did. Did Dak have a better year? He did. Statistically, mm -hmm. Dak did have a better year. And yeah. both teams were comparable. Both have great weapons. Uh, Mixon's probably better than our running game. Um, if you look like our wide receivers and their wide receivers are comparable. Um, Schultz is probably a little better than their tight end. But all in all, the offensive weapons are there. We have we didn't have a great like elite O-line, but our O-line's probably better than theirs. Like there is is really, really bad. So ours being average to below average is still better. The thing is, is our team didn't meet up at expectations. And we exactly. hate to say it, but it still lands on the quarterback. You mm -hmm. know, his team exceeded expectations. So although the stats uh, go to Dak and he came off of probably a worst injury, I'd had no problem if Dak got the award. But I, I'm not going to take it away from Burrow. Burrow deserved that award. They probably should have co Honestly, and the and Nick Bosa didn't even get a vote, and what a year he had off his injury. So it was a tough year, and honestly, any of those three could have got it and been mm -hmm. deserving. But whose team had the most success? Cincinnati. Give them the award. I'm okay with it. 
Yeah, I, I feel like uh, Burrow had a, a couple more signature wins at the end of the season, stronger finish of the season, so that probably sealed the deal for him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, well, one uh, one uh, one topic of discussion that the Cowboys were able to get some uh, shine on, if you will, was the snubbing of Demarcus Ware in the Hall of Fame. Man, you know, talk to us about that, Mike. It's just a disgrace. I mean, do we even? We all understand that. Look. Seymour, Richard Seymour deserves to be a Hall of Famer. Great player. He's he ain't even he he's not Demarcus Ware. Bryant Young, awesome, awesome player. He's there's not a player that went in, none, not a single one that was yeah. Demarcus Ware. None. Demarcus Ware is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Elite pass rusher, great number one defensive player on a unit, and went in and won a Super Bowl. Uh, uh, go, when he went over to Denver to an mm-hmm. organization that's better than the one he was in. So I don't know how you keep him out. The only guy on there that deserved it more was coach Dick Vermeil. No problem with him getting in. He should have been the first one in. He absolutely deserves to be a hall of famer as a coach. And then it should have been where, so I, I, I guess it's because they're, you know, Richard Sherman and Brian Young have been around longer and, you know, I, I don't know. I guess it's a paying your dues thing. That seems stupid for a Hall of yeah. Fame vote. Uh, but, you know, it's what they did. And if he's not in next year, they don't have Darren Woodson in. Like, what what are we doing? Like, forget forget the fandom. I don't think there's anybody that's like on other t- – like Eagles players and, and fans would be like, oh, no, Darren Woodson's a Hall of Famer. Like, yeah. duh, DeMarcus Ware's a Hall of Famer. Like, you're not going to hate on a guy like that because he's on another team, he's retired. Like, yeah, clearly a Hall of Famer. So I don't know, just the 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 people that got in makes it like weird. I get it if it's last year and Randy Moss and all this crazy class, but like y'all put Bryant Young. My dogs are getting involved. Sorry. Y'all put Bryant Young and 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 that above uh, above where that's crazy to me. Yeah, I mean, you look at his individual accolades. I mean, I almost kind of forgot how good he was, but but then when I, when I saw everything that he did, I'm like, my goodness, this guy really was just an incredible player. He, he and he won. Like, yeah, I, I have no idea what your what the argument is for him to not be a Hall of Famer. I have no clue. Well, you think about it. Look, see, you look, you see how long it took Drew Pearson to get in. Darren Woodson still not in, and now Demarcus Ware. It's the Cowboys' curse, man. Yeah, I just the. the at least the other two, it's like they're like Darren Woodson and Drew Pearson are obviously Hall of Famers, but I don't think they were as great as as Demarcus Ware was. Like Marcus Ware was like elite, elite at what he did, like as yeah. best receiver, and won a Super Bowl. Like I guess Darren Woodson was one of the best safeties in the league too, and won three. So yeah, I mean, it's it's Didn't I don't Pearson know. Pearson did win a Super Bowl. Oh yeah, for sure, for I sure. Say, I thought he won at least one, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. He was he was part of the uh, Cowboys' original triplets. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's just, dude. I mean, how long did he have to wait to get in? It's that was almost more egregious than we're not getting in this time. It was like I believe it was like the whole offensive unit for that team was in, except for Drew Pearson. It was like every player on the offense, but him. It's like, yeah. Hello, Drew Pearson. Yeah. I don't know. It's crazy. Something like. To me, Bryant Young's not a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. He just isn't. He's he's just not. He was a great player. Hall of Fames like Richard Seymour. Sure, I think Richard Seymour's a Hall of Famer, but 
man, they had this class wasn't great. Dick Vermeil is the only one that I was like, Hall of Famer, clearly. And then Richard Seymour, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. He works in the Hall of Fame. He, he's, he could make it. I wouldn't complain. Everyone else, I'm like, eh. Well, you know, the Cowboys got at least one victory over this weekend, Mike, and that was Micah Parsons' unanimous victory uh, for uh, rookie, defensive rookie of the year. What were your thoughts there? Or did that make up for where's snub, rather? Sorry. No, it doesn't make up for where's snub because it's obvious. Who are you going to vote for? This guy was the all pro, like all pro team. He got five votes for a defensive player of the year, not just yeah. rookie. So, no, it doesn't make up for it because it was obvious. If anybody voted anyone other than Michael Parsons, they'd have got their vote taken away. Like, he was clearly the, the, the only player even in his contention as a rookie was Jamar Chase. That's it. That is the single guy. Uh, so, yeah, he was obviously defensive rookie of the year. That was, and I wish I had it. I should have put it on. I just got the shirt. It got delivered today. The uh, the defensive player of the year, Micah Parsons shirt. So next week on the show, I will wear it. I should have wore it today. That's my fault on that. I wanted, I'm off tomorrow, and I wanted to wear it all day tomorrow. And if I would have thought about it, I should have repped it on the show. Is it a is it short sleeve? Does it come in long sleeve? Do they have a hoodie? What what's all what the shirt? I got the short sleeve. That was the only one that I saw. Okay. Yeah, I'll, my I'll dog keep my eyes out for that. He has his own uh he has his own merchandise, and some of his hats are pretty cool. I was thinking about buying one a little while ago. Yeah, I want I want to get my next two things are I want to get an alternative digs jersey, and then I want to get a white boss man jersey. Oh Lord. Stop getting all the jerseys. I want to get one. Uh, you can't get them. You, you can only get the Navy. My, I apologize, guys. My dogs are, like, fighting. There's Somebody must be at the gate or something because they are losing their minds. So if you can hear them, I apologize. They're all riled up about where, sir. Yeah, they are. They're pissed. You know, Micah, as the uh, as we've seen that just about every offseason, a, a player removes all of this uh, association with his current team from whatever social media, his Twitter, his Instagram. Kyler Murray was uh, – he removed all of his um, pictures with the Arizona Cardinals. Do you see him being a Cardinal next year? Yeah, he will be. Unless he's traded for Watson, he'll be a Cardinal. It's a money thing. He, he's, it's time to get paid for, the, for him, you know. And, uh, and I just think it's a – you know, they're, they're going to give him his big contract and he'll be there unless he's in a trade for like a Watson. They're, they're, they're not – that he ain't going nowhere. I mean, you know, I'd kind of like to see where he would end up in a trade if he were to be just because, you know, you hear about his attitude. Sometimes he doesn't always have the best body language. And then now you're hearing how he's pointing the finger at people for like the for losing and things like that. It's just I don't know if that's somebody you can build around. No, I, I wouldn't. I don't want Kyler Murray. I was I was not a fan of his. And he uh, he was worthy of the number one pick based on his talent, but he never. He hasn't developed into – he's one of those overrated ones that people are like – when I hear people say Dak's average, I'm like, well, who? what quarterbacks do you have? And they're like, Kyler Murray. And I'm like, no, you don't. You just hear a name. You, you yeah. There's no way you can watch Kyler Murray and think he's a better quarterback than Dak Prescott. There's just right. no way. There's no – not really. It's you can – uh... Yeah, you can hate on Dak Prescott and, and like, just want to put out names that people go, oh, yeah, that name – but if you yeah. watch Kyler Murray, there ain't no way in the world you think he's a better quarterback than Dak Prescott. He doesn't throw the ball as well. 
He's a better playmaker because he can run really fast and he has a really good arm, but he's not near as accurate. He doesn't read the field near as well. And that's one thing that Dak gets killed for. And I'm like, okay, well watch him because there's levels. So yeah, that's, there's no, he's, he's not one I'm building around. I would try to trade him if I'm Arizona, but I think they pay him because he's one of those that if you get a good enough defense and you build an offensive line and stuff like that, he could win because he can make plays with his legs. I think it's uh, the infatuation with him is this combination of fantasy and the running ability. Fantasy has a lot to do with it. A lot. So, Mike, let's just say you're a GM uh, and you have a disgruntled quarterback on your team. You know, how do you handle that situation? Is it Aaron Rodgers? Because if it's Aaron Rodgers, then he's just going to play or he's going to re- until his contract ends or he's going to retire. Right, no, no, I, okay, let's not. just say Russell Wilson. I probably try to trade Russell Wilson. Oh, really? I, I think right. Russell Wilson's another one that's another overrated one. I, I, I tell him like this: I go, if Dak is average, that you don't have to put him above, but then Russell Wilson's average because they're they're basically the same except one had the Legion of Boom, one of the greatest defenses of all time. Like, what have they done? What has Seattle done since they played Russell Wilson? Yeah, they haven't done anything. Dak went twelve and five, went to the playoffs. Yeah, he got beat, but he went twelve and five since he got paid. Since Russell Wilson got paid, he ain't done anything. If he's been bolstered by, a, if you have a great run game and a great defense, he will make plays. He is a playmaker. He's got a great deep ball. He moves around in the pocket great. You can win with Russell Wilson team. They already have. They've been to a Super Bowl. Probably should have won two. But he's not. He's he's in that. He's in that middling tier where you know he'll he'll he's he's overrated by some he's a very good quarterback but he's overrated into that like I watched ESPN something and they had tier one was Patty Mahomes Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson I'm like no you don't watch him then you don't you don't watch period the last two years you haven't watched him when he's had a a not as good uh, uh teams you know as you know, I, I believe Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers can do more with less than Russell Wilson can. I think about this. If, you know, you put Russell Wilson with a guy like Shanahan in San Francisco, then we're, we're, we're talking about elite, elite. But with Pete Carroll and his old school play calling and philosophy, I think that's kind of why people are starting to sour on him because early in the season when they're passing a lot, you're kind of seeing him being unleashed, letting, letting Russ cook, as the kids say. You know, I think that's the type of player that people are are ranking as a tier one quarterback. I will say that uh, that that Pete Carroll and our philosophy brought down by the Joneses is yeah. one thing that is killing that killed Dak this year and is killing Russell Wilson because they're so worried about protecting their defenses. And after last year, Seattle and and Dallas defenses, and this year, I understand that, but you can't. You you got to win some way, so let the offense do its thing and and go at it. Yeah, Mike, that's not the cowboy way. Oh God, fuck! I will leave this. I'll leave, dude. Don't even start with that. Yeah, you heard what I said, dude. That if that stuff that uh, shout out to uh, Burgers and Blitz is not to be tried. If that stuff you know were to come out and it's confirmed, I'm not saying that he's he's wrong or that his sources are incorrect, but you know if there's just more confirmation from. I don't know, a public figure or something, then I'm done, bro. Yeah, if a video or audio came out of them telling more, like, we need to hold back. We need to protect our defense. Don't, you know, it's 
stupidest planning of all. You can't play like that. Yeah. I I understand the concept of holding the ball. And so I, I'm not saying you got to go no huddle all the time. You could run the clock down, you know, try to hold possessions, but mm-hmm. not like not throwing it deep because you, you know, you don't want to hit too big of a play uh, or, or miss it and then go essentially three and out because you're worried about your defense. That's a terrible way to play offense. Terrible. Absolutely. You know, we we're talking about rankings, Mike, you know, where do you have Kyler Murray ranked as among quarterbacks? He is 11th for me. Oh, really? Wow. I have Mahomes. <clears throat> okay. uh, let me see. Do I have – okay, so um, Mahomes, Rodgers, and Allen, I would put in the clear tier one, especially at the end of Allen's year. I'm going to give him that respect. Tier two, I've got Stafford, Burrow, Dak, and then Russell Wilson. Um, I think the reason I put Dak tier two is I think the first six weeks – he was tier one, oh, and yeah. then he was tier three the end of the year. So mm-hmm. I'm going to give the benefit of a calf injury in the O-line. I'm going to put him in the tier two, and let's Fair. see what he does this next year. And then tier three is where I have uh, Kyler with uh, Derek Carr, Herbert for now. I think Herbert will be in that tier two next year. And mm-hmm. then I have Lamar Jackson because he's unique like Kyler. He can run, but I, I put too much into the throwing. He's just not a good thrower for me. So I have him in the tier three because he's – him and Kyler are ones that I don't believe I can win with in the league, oh, wow. except for one like real slim way. And it's so hard to do things that way because defenses will figure that out, you know, figure out ways to slow it down enough. So that's my that's my tier three. So I have them 10th, 11th, depending on if you want to put Derek Carr or him over. I would put Derek Carr because I just think he's a better in-pocket quarterback. He's not the playmaker. But um, I'm also from Fresno, so take that with a grain of salt. Yeah, I had him in my top 15. I didn't go that in depth, Mike. It was actually a busy day. But, um, you know, just for conversation's sake, you know, let's talk about the um, him and Carr. I think I'd rather have Murray only because it seems like Derek Carr is he, – he doesn't like to take chances. He doesn't like to put the ball downfield. I think Kyler's more of a risk taker. And, you know, we got to see that – you know, we got to see – you got you got to make risk sometimes to make those big plays. That's fair. Like I said, you got to take it with a little bit of a grain of salt because yeah, yeah. Fresno, Fresno. I'm from Fresno. I love Derek Carr. So maybe maybe Kyler's ten, Carr's eleven. Hey, right, fair enough, Mike. Okay, so if we're starting a franchise today, Mike, of these three quarterbacks, who would you build around? Trevor Lawrence, Mac Jones, or Kyler Murray? For me, this is a no-brainer. Give me Trevor Lawrence. Uh, yeah. I, I I think he he played pretty pretty damn well and considering his circumstances, oh my god, like what yeah. a dumpster fire that guy got dropped into. This ain't New England where you've got like a top five defense and Josh McDaniels running that system that's so uh let's call it Mac Jones friendly style, you know. Um, and the way he was able to win games, there's just no way Trevor Lawrence could win games like that. Um, Trevor Lawrence can make every throw. He's mobile enough. He's smart. You, you could see it as the year went on, even in that dumpster fire, you could see him in games, the the kind of quarterback he's going to be, if he could either get out of Jacksonville or they could figure themselves out. Um, Mm -hmm. now does that mean I think he'll have as successful a career? He could have the worst career. Because Mac Jones could win a Super Bowl because he's got Bill Belichick and Bill Belichick's going to have a great defense. And 
uh, uh, as Mac Jones learns the system led by a great defense, he may win a title. And then you're sitting there in Trev's three and 13 every year, even though he's a better quarterback, but he's in a dumpster fire of a, of a team yeah. that can't keep an offensive line. Their, their, their coaching picks are terrible. But if you're telling me I get to build my team, I get to have Dane Brugler and Kavanaugh and Brian Broaddus come in and Will McClay and run with me. And I go, Hey, I got Trevor Lawrence. What are we going to do to build around him? Of those three, give me Trevor Lawrence. Now, a lot of people want Kyler's playmaking. That would be my second guy uh, because I do think he has a big arm and he can make plays. Um, but I believe both of them are limited where Mac Jones is very limited. Have a good mm-hmm. defense. Hide your quarterback. He's not going to go out and win you many games. Not that he won't win you sums. Doesn't mean he'll never win a game. Don't text and go, you know, Mac Jones goes for 300 in a game. You're like, see, he did it one time this year. That shit happens. I'm talking about what you could do every week to win a game. Mac Jones is very limited. Tyler is still limited because he's not very accurate. If you keep him in the pocket, make him look over the line, make him drive the ball along long drives, he's limited. I think Trevor Lawrence at his best, it, he, he can beat you mobility. He can beat mm-hmm. you just standing in there going deep. He can yeah. beat you in the Patriots system. Put him in the Patriots system. Watch what happens. He'll be oh, great Lord. at it. So I just think he has more tools to win. Now he may be developed the worst of the three because of where he's at. And he may, I may look like an idiot. You go, he he's out of the league or a backup in five years because he couldn't get more than five wins for Jacksonville. But if you're telling me what I want, I want Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. I'm excited to see what him and, uh, and Doug Peterson can do this year. Man, I'm 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 terrified. I hope they do good, but I'm terrified for of that. That organization's woof. So you bring in Urban Meyer and go through all the stuff that before they you know, he hires that one guy and it goes and then oh god, like that makes me nervous for Trevor Lawrence because I was a big like coming into the draft, I was like Trevor Lawrence is your number one. I don't even care. Like that's the guy, and then you go from there. And when he got when he went to Jacksonville, I'm like. Man, this makes at first I was like, okay, Urban Meyer, let's see how he runs a good program. But y'all saw what was happening there. Like, why did it yeah. take him so long for that? You know, he clearly was not an NFL. That's not his style. So yeah, I'm I'm nervous for Trev, but if, if I could take him out of Jacksonville, he's easily my pick over the other two. Yeah, definitely Trevor Lawrence for me as well. Just like you said, he's got the athletic ability. I think he's he from what I saw, the small you know, I if you want to call them highlights or just little stories I saw, I feel like he's probably well a well-respected player. You know, he he won a championship in college, lost another one. Being the number one overall pick, I mean, there's a reason for that. It, pretty easily Trevor Lawrence for me as well. Well, I go through, I go, okay, Mac Jones is his his ready to goness now, his smarts, his work ethic, his work ethic. Yeah. Trevor Lawrence has all that. Nobody said anything about it. Okay. Kyler Murray is mobile. Is he as mobile? No, but Trevor Lawrence is mobile. Kyler Murray has the bigger arm, but there's not a throw Trev can't make. His arm's excellent. It may not be as zippy as Kyler Murray's, but he's got a great arm. You know, Kyler Murray's got a shortstop arm. It's rare. But Trev is, Trev is, if Kyler can make every throw, Trevor Lawrence is right there. He has a very mm-hmm. good arm. And then he's more accurate. Like, he can do the short stuff. So, so yeah, I, I want the guy with all the tools and the pedigree and everything. Give me that guy. Absolutely. All right, Michael, here we are with one word. And I want you to give me one word for if the Cowboys cut Amari Cooper, 
and they sign Odell Beckham Jr., you would be blank. Intrigued because the the one thing I'll say is Cooper plays through injuries and OBJ stays injured. Like he's injured all the time. I think he's he's overrated as a player because he has talent, but you have to be on the field. Like in the Super yeah. Bowl, he's killing and then boom, hurt. Like non-contact. Like he he stays hurt. And so that would make me nervous. I'm like, damn, you're putting it on a, a like, I know Cooper is going to play 12 games, 12, 13 games, no matter what. Like, he just does not miss stuff. OBJ, do I get five games out of him? On the other hand, <clears throat> threat-wise, if you can turn Madden mode off and, and, and turn injuries off like Madden, OBJ's got all the talent in the world. So if you get him out there, he's such a threat. He opens up so much. And Cooper is an elite, a very good. He is also a threat. There's just levels to it. And OBJ, talent level-wise, brings a little bit more of that, you know, that, that that you know, I don't know, magic as a player. Like, you know, mm-hmm. he, he, he just does things that only rare people could do. Personally, I would rather keep Cooper. I want my guy yeah. to keep his mouth shut, play hard. You know, not complain. I, I don't want him doing the net stuff and marrying the net and pissing on the God, the pissing on the field stuff where you're where literally your teammates like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? Like, right. I don't really want that. But I'd be intrigued as far as like, okay, we saved, we cut him, so that's a savings of sixteen point five million. Mm-hmm. OBJ's coming off an an ACL, so what is he going to be? 10, 12? So you you save probably a good six mil there. And then you get maybe a more talented player if he's able to play. So I'd be intrigued by that. You know, Mike, no, for me, knowing he is still a difference maker on the field, assuming he'd be cheaper than Amari, like you were saying, and considering he's an emotional person, so I feel like he would be willing to talk to Dak, not necessarily get in his face in like an aggressive way, but, you know, let him know, hey, man, you know, this is what you're doing. This is what we need to be doing type of thing who has also been humbled, dealt with adversity, and but also at the same time has been called a great teammate. For the first time in one in one word history, Mike, I too would be intrigued by that move. Hey, look at that. We hit the same word. <laughs> I thought I, I couldn't believe it, Mike. <laughs> it's it's a good word. Intrigued fits really well. I think that fits the uh the the for for that cuz I wouldn't be like Happy, because I mean, I, I Cooper might be the better option there. Like, just he's so great in the locker room. He knows the system. He plays through injury. He's going to be mm-hmm. pissed off this next year. So I'm, oh, I'm yeah. looking to keep him. But if you're, you know, I'd be intrigued by a very talented OBJ at maybe a few million less per year, and and see what he does with that talent. But you know, I'm, I'm good sticking with Cooper personally. Absolutely. All right, Mike. Well, last week I gave you a prospect to study. That prospect was Gene DeLance, offensive tackle out of Florida. Mike, talk to us about his pros and his cons. All right. So pros, uh, length. He has a lot of length. And uh, and he had a really good shrine uh, game, east-west shrine game. His feet looked pretty quick. He, uh, he was a little bit more uh aggressive and a little bit faster than I expected him to be. <clears throat> His length shows up. 
so that's good. And uh, and he he looks like a guy that could play as a as strong enough as a guard and move well enough, and be a well enough moving zone blocker type as a tackle. <clears throat> but cons wise, uh, oh oh, and versatility because of the guard tackle thing. The, abil- mm-hmm. the ability to move from guard to tackle because he played mostly right tackle, but I think he can move to left guard and be good what you want. And I think he he could be a solid left tackle with some work. Um, the cons, he's lightweight. He's under 300 pounds. Um, his tape doesn't match what he showed in the Shrine game, which bothers me. Uh, he got beat a lot foot quickness-wise by faster edges. I don't know if he could, uh, you know, he looked good in the East uh, West trying game, but he, but that tape didn't match that. He got beat a lot by quicker guards. He also didn't anchor consistently because he's lightweight. Uh, he wasn't bad at it, but he, but you know, it would be an issue against power guys. This is NFL. This is big boy football. You know, right, right. The, you're going to get some guys on you. <clears throat> Aaron Donald's going to move out there. Jonathan Allen's going to move out there sometimes and you got to deal with them. <clears throat> it's, uh, Friggin' uh, Chase Young, so you got to deal with some guys that can bring some power. That uh, that bothers me. Uh, so you know, the the cons on his tape were cleaned up a little bit by his practice. But how much do I want that to be? How much do I take into account a little bit of practice for the East West Shrine game compared to all the tape I watched from Florida? Right. All right, Mike, so is he a day one contributor, and is he a Cowboys type? Cowboys type, yes, because we want the length. Uh, the weight has never been an issue for us. I I, I believe that uh, that they're not as much into, like, uh, super anchoring down. I think he does it well enough for them. Um, mm-hmm. So I believe he will be a target. Also, Dallas met with him. Uh, the word was that there was 25 teams that met with him, and Niners and Dallas we're both two heads of that. Uh, day one contributor, I do not believe so. I think he has quite a bit of work to do on getting out of his stance, getting off against speed rushers, uh, a year in the weight room. to Because he's mm-hmm. he has 6'4", 296. He has the ability to do that. Now, could he play left guard day one? Possibly. Possibly. But I don't – I wouldn't love it. So I, I'd say no as a day one contributor. So with, with his size and everything and the ability to play tackle, we're looking at a possibility of maybe a, hoping to target a late round, potentially Tyron Smith replacement. Possibly. Yes, possibly. But he, but I think he'd play guard for us personally. Okay. So is he a re- let's let's uh let's go through these last three. Is he a realistic target? What's your round prediction and what's your what's your grade on him? He is a realistic target. I think he goes because of the East-West Shrine game where he looked a little bit faster because of his versatility. I think he goes late round three, early round four. I have a fourth round grade on him uh, as far as right now today. I do want to see his combine because as you improve, you know, his tape was like day, day three sometimes. Like you can get him fifth, sixth round. Then he goes in the East-West Shrine game. You're like, okay, I could see him going in the fourth, maybe in the – you know, he puts together another good combine. Now you're talking a solid third-round pick with some upside, you know. So as of right now, I have a fourth-round grade on him. I think he'd go somewhere in the fourth round, if not early, uh, late third. 
Hey, nothing wrong with grabbing some depth and hopefully grabbing a starter that late. Yeah, that's that's ideally that's where you want to get your guards and centers. You know, if you can, you know, if you're really good at drafting, look at the way the Chiefs did it. Creed Humphreys in round two and round late was Trey Smith. What a great pick that guy was. All right, Mike. So next week, this is going to be our prospect preview for next week. It's going to be Baylor safety Jalen Petrie. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing his last name right, but that, that's just me guessing. I don't know if you've done any work on him, but have you studied him at all? Yes, I have. Yeah. Okay. I'm, so, what are your early thoughts on him? I'm studying safeties right now, so okay. that's a thing. I'm not telling you. We're waiting until next week. Just, just a little tease for the audience. He, one word it, one word it. Playmaker. Hey, we need. You can never have too many of those, sir. I, I will say it makes me nervous that Kyle Yeomans is worried about how he plays week to week. So I want to watch a lot more tape of him because what I saw was, oh, wow. And I think what's going to happen is he's going to go pretty high because of that. But there's going to be others that will see the the tape where he's like, you know, like not showing up like Kyle Yeomans has said. And it, and it, you know, it'll make him nervous. So I want to see some of those games like versus teams that are like, ah, we should beat this team. You know, does he play full on? Because I don't, you know, you can't do that in NFL. All these teams could beat you. Look, look at that Denver game. So, you know, I, I do want to see that, but we'll we'll talk about him next week. Nice. I'm glad you've already done some work on him. I'm excited for that, for that review. Yeah, I've, I've got safeties. Dallas safety is pretty much cooked right now. The ones that I believe Dallas would would try to get. Well, I shouldn't say it because we, you know, then we could just eliminate everybody in the first round. But I honestly believe that this could be the year that they take a Daxton Hill at 24 or a Brisker or a Petrie at 56, I think we're at. So first or second round, I really think a safety is possible this year. Well, Mike, as always, man, I enjoyed the conversation while we're getting you out of here. Remind the people where they can find you on Twitter, sir. At CD Piglet, guys. Nice and easy. Guys, I'm Paul Ryan. You can find me on Twitter at Paul underscore Ryan 15. We appreciate you joining us, and we'll see you guys next week.